The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, for the past three weeks, we've been talking about difference. First, we talked to Andrew Solomon about his book, Far From the Tree, in which we learned about how difference uh, makes us sort of struggle with it and also how the promise that we find for our own spiritual and uh, intellectual, physical, uh, psychological growth. And then last week, we talked about celebrating difference. And this week, we're going to talk about the differences we find in, in ourselves with regard to authentic spirituality. One of the areas of the most contentious difference is in the area of religion, supposedly a place in which we find our deepest spiritual roots. What started out as a pathway to the divine turned into a place of rules in which everyone was supposed to do and be the same. Those who didn't follow our rules became a they as opposed to our we. So now that we have an externally developed spiritual path for each person who grows up in a particular religious culture, how does that person go about finding an authentic spirituality? The same is true in our spiritual cultures, where there isn't necessarily a religion, but we still grow up believing that there's a certain pathway within that spiritual culture. Where will we find our own path if it's not decided in advance for us by a very righteous and firmly planted group of spiritual leaders? And this, of course, brings us to the very definition of spirituality. What is spirituality, and how does one live an authentic spiritual life in a world where everyone has a right way for us to be spiritual? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's start off with the definition of spirituality. And in order to describe spirituality, I guess we first need to describe religion because sort of as a backdrop, because religion has been, uh, for many, many of us throughout history, um, our primary way of being spiritual. So religion is a, a, made up of a group of people who all agree on the same uh, tenets in terms of how a person accesses the divine, and um, they also agree on certain rules and certain cultural motifs and themes, and uh, they decide to, to be together in, that, um, in those agreements. So that's what religion is. Spirituality, on the other hand, just by its very definition, offers a more authentic path because spirituality is an internal search for uh, one's own spiritual connection to the divine or access of one's own internal divine nature. So when we, when we talk about spirituality in general, we're talking about a more authentic path 
However, since we are living still in the duality trance state, most of us tend to still externalize that. So for the past, say, 20 years in particular, a large portion of our our Western culture's population has joined into some kind of spiritual but not religious movement that where they've they've decided that religion doesn't necessarily work for them in the way that it used to or, or maybe it never did and now they want to be spiritual um, and in that process of us becoming more um, spiritually inclined what's happened is that we have um, then devised some more rules for that so we sort of join in with a group of other people who have the same spiritual ideas as we do and then we decide how that's supposed to work and and so we do the same thing with our spirituality so often that we originally did with religion so uh, in 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 trying to discover one's own authentic spirituality again we are sort of blocked by the people around us who tell us no this is the way to do that so for example um over the past 20 years uh, the law of attraction got started back in the late 80s and early 90s and um, what happened as a result of that was that many people started thinking that to, in order for them to be spiritual people, they had to never have negative, what was called negative thoughts, or not even negative emotions. And those, those people who thought that way taught others to feel that way, and those people taught others, and those people taught others. Till now, it's, it's almost... Um, a, a language has a language of its own, has its own jargon, so that You'll hear people on television talking about how they don't want to have negative thoughts or negative. I don't want to, you know, ruin this by throwing some negative thoughts in there. But um, that's that's sort of become sort of its own um, jargon, for lack of a better word. And and it and people are thinking in those terms much more than they used to. So that's sort of become a movement in itself. And we still see people on Facebook advising other people not to have negative feelings and don't think negative thoughts. And, and, and we see people, hear people uh, telling, talking about that when we go to seminars or workshops. We, we um, read it in books that we're not supposed to have these negative thoughts and feelings. And yet, there is a growing movement, a sort of counter movement among others that is, is basically saying, you have to have all your feelings. How do you expect to be able to be grounded in who you are if you don't access some of your feelings and call some negative and others positive? And to do that is to split yourself off further into consciousness and unconsciousness. And um, so you can see how these things shift. And, and that's a really good thing. I think we have to... We have to live into one thing before we can see that maybe that thing doesn't work, and then we start to start to sort of slide into another area and see if that works, and and that's that's a growing process. So it's, I'm not criticizing the process. What I am saying is that when we have a group think of any type, we have lost the grounding in our own authentic spirituality. Now I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that people in the same group can't think alike. What I am saying is that when I insert the group's thoughts into my mind without ever considering whether or not I agree with it, then that's a group think, and I, I've lost my own original path, okay, just at least temporarily. So when, when we're talking about uh, the differentness of a spiritual nature, we have to make room for each person's individuality within, that, it, within the context of spirituality. So if we say, 
this is the way you ought to be when you're when you're a spiritual person. You ought to look this way and talk this way and walk this way and think this way and feel this way. Then what we're doing is foreclosing on the possibility of that person's authentic spirituality. And when I, as an individual, believe that stuff, if I say to myself, well, you know, I should never have any negative thoughts because they say that that means that X, Y, and Z, I've automatically stopped thinking for myself. And the minute I stop, excuse me, stop thinking for myself, stop recognizing what's true inside of me, I I have stopped having an authentic spirituality. Okay, so so what I want to be clear of more than anything else today, if you forget everything else I say today except this one thing, it is very possible to be highly unique within a within a given spiritual uh, sort of persuasion, if you will. So um, the human a human potential movement includes a vast array of differentness in terms of its polarities. Where you know we've got people who are rather conservative in their um, outreach to other people. Uh, other people who are more really um, demonstrative in their outreach to other people, uh, some people who believe that they ought to be more or less ascetic, and other people who believe they ought to be on the streets. It's just very different, and uh, we need to make room for that differentness. Uh, but where, we, where it gets scary for most of us is when there is consequence to a certain kind of way of thinking or be, being or feeling. So if if you attach, like we did with the law of attraction, if you attach a consequence to doing or not doing something, then more people tend to go along with it. Okay, that's how the original religious movement, uh, the dogma and the creed, sort of took over many centuries ago. Is two things happened? One, the church told the common man that he or she could not read the Bible, and then I'm talking strictly about the Christian church at this point, they could not read the, the, the Bible because they wouldn't understand it. And only the, the uh, priests and the, and the cardinals and the Pope understood the Bible. And so they would relay that information. And people could not access the divine on their own. They had to go through a priest. Um, and then, on top of that, they were told that um, the way to get forgiveness was not to go to the divine directly, but rather to go th- to a priest. So it was always to seek outward, go outside of yourself to find what you what is true and false about spirituality. Go outside of yourself to find forgiveness. Go outside of yourself to find um, a pathway that's meaningful for you. So that's how we got taught, and that's how that's sort of archetypal now in our thinking that we are supposed to go to someone who will teach us. Now, there are many people who are not in the Christian faith who seek out a guru as a teacher. And while I don't say that that's wrong or right, I think it's a little bit dangerous, and I want to just be real clear here. I'm not saying that that you shouldn't go seek a guru if that's your calling, if that's what you feel like doing, but I think that we have to be very careful about selecting that guru because um, we don't want to just take on somebody else's ideas. We want to find our own. And, that, and so finding a methodology um, that is true for you um, might not be the same as the methodology that's true for somebody else. One of the things that I loved about Adyashanti's work is that when he talked about having meditated for many years um, and and um, it found out that that meditation was just a lot of work for him because he was trying to do everything they told him to do to get into the meditative state. 
But when he just relaxed and, and became aware, sort of mindful of what was going on inside him without trying to follow any of the methodology that he'd been taught, things began to awaken inside of him. Uh, and I definitely would uh, lead you to his books for a great read. Adyashanti is his name, and uh, he's all over Amazon. So you could definitely find his work to read. But uh, So that's the idea that it doesn't matter what the religion is, whether it's Buddhism or Hinduism or um, Sufism or Muslimism or, or Islam, I mean, or um, Christianity, whatever it is, you your original... Uh, way of accessing the divine is going to be different or might be different from other people. It might be the same, but it might be different from other people's. So a lot of times people will say, well, the, what, what you might need to do in order to really get into a meditative state is pay attention to your breathing. Well, for some people that just does not work. It makes them leave the meditative state because they get really anxious about what's happening with their breath. Um, so it doesn't work for everyone. So when we have this one way of doing things, this is what you should do to access the divine, then we're already in trouble right there from the get-go. Um, the more the, the, the trouble gets deeper when we start saying there is consequence for not acting this way. So as I started out a minute ago, in the example of the law of attraction, the consequence for thinking negative thoughts was that you were going to attract negative things. The consequence for thinking, uh, having negative feelings was that you would attract negative things into your life. And so people began to say to each other, and I found this to be so insensitive, they began to say to each other, well... You know, you had that automobile accident because you must have been thinking in terms of some kind of self-sabotage. And uh, that was just so uh, non-compassionate. It just lacked all of, its, all of the being present with someone while they go through something. And I was reminded when I heard that about the story of Job um, in the uh, Jewish Tanakh and the Christian Bible, Old Testament, where he goes through this terrible suffering, you know, and he's, he's lost all of his cattle, all of his wealth, and several of his children all in one day. Boom, all of it was gone. And then he got sick, and he had these scabs all over his body, and he had to go sit by the fire and sort of scrape his skin so that he'd get the scabs off his body, which is really kind of gross to think about. But this is what this man was going through. And he, uh, his friends, so-called friends, came to see him and said, look, guy this is your fault you know you you've done something wrong this is why this is happening so you see we've got this archetypal idea of how things ought to go in the world we've been bargaining with universe for centuries way before christianity way before judaism we've been bargaining since the beginning of time um and we one of the ways we did that in, in ancient times was to sort of sacrifice not sort of sacrifice to sacrifice a uh a, 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 a like wheat or um, a cow or a calf or something. We sacrificed it to the gods with the bargain in mind that if I sacrifice this to the gods, then they will be good to me and I'll have a good crop or I'll have, you know, a lot of uh, calving on that on this year or I'll have a good trip across the ocean or I'll, I'll meet the right person to marry or whatever. And so those bargains with the universe have been carried on in several different forms throughout the centuries. And I see the law of attraction, at least the way it was written originally, to be another one of those bargains. If I think positive thoughts, then the gods will bring me positive things. If I think negative thoughts, then the gods will bring me negative things. Same thing was true in the early Christian, or the Christian churches. It's been passed down 
this is one person's opinion. It means no disrespect for another a way of accessing the divine. But when we say there's a consequence to doing it only one way or not doing it only one way, then what we say is, oh, a lot of people will join into that because they'll be scared of the consequence. Well, that's exactly what happened with the law of attraction. So in the or a Christian church, it's if you don't do it this way, you're going to go to hell. With the law of attraction, it's if you don't do it this way, you're going to have a hellish life. So there's, there's not much difference except that one talks about eternity and one talks about planet Earth. So we... we we have these ideas in our head about how we're going to make things happen on the planet and and we sort of foreclose on any other options and 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 we sort of you know line things up and say okay this is how it's supposed to be we're supposed to walk a very narrow path and if we walk that narrow path then good things will happen to us and if we don't bad things will happen to us and so a lot of people will join into that kind of movement because they're afraid of the consequence and or they want the reward. So, uh, but if we remove the, the possibility of consequence or reward, we might get a little closer to real, true, authentic spirituality. Now, what do I mean by that? If, we, if I say... I'm going to be present with myself. I'm going to try to uh, meditate, and I'm just going to be present with myself without any idea of what the outcome might be. And it's almost like an experiment. Then very often we we find that it's easier for us to go there. But if there's you are a good person when you meditate twice a day, and you must do it this long, and you must do it this way, and you must sit this way, and you know think this way, and um, or maybe even go through a guided meditation that somebody else orchestrates, well, then you're a good person. Well, there's a consequence to not doing it that way, even if it's only a psychological consequence. Because if I don't do it that way, then I think of myself as a bad person. And many of us have that. I have had that myself where, you know, well, if I'm not doing it this way, then maybe I'm not doing it right. It's, the minute we start thinking in terms of there's a one way or a right way to do this, we've already left authentic spirituality. So, now, here's what I'm not saying. I want to be really clear again. I'm not saying that your path is wrong because maybe you do it the way other people do it. If that path is working for you and it resonates and gives you peace and joy inside of you, then it's authentic. The, the, the evidence we have that we're on an authentic path is peace. We have an internal evidence, a system that provides us feedback that says, you're on the right path, you're on the right path. You know what that is? It is your peace. And I'm not talking about the peace that is, you know, I just, uh, I can go to sleep now. <laughs> or the peace that says, I'm not fighting with somebody. I'm talking about a deep spiritual peace. When you've touched on that, you're on that path that's true for you. And that's your evidence. And that's, so that's a way of sort of accessing the internal to know whether or not you're in your own authentic spirituality. And we're going to talk some more about this right after the break, so stay tuned for more. We're going to find out about your authentic spirituality today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. 
Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following. Holistic Theology, offering as terminal degrees both a Ph.D. and a Ph.D., Holistic Ministries, Holistic Health and Spiritual Care, Metaphysical Spirituality, and Alternate Spiritual Traditions, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. What is most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths. Utilizing, as your text writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, and then, if they wish, to take healing, help, and wisdom to others. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. And all you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. So we're talking today about authentic spirituality and what that means and what it doesn't mean. 
So what we said it doesn't mean is just to follow a path of unoriginal thought handed down to you. And that has been our, our perpetuation of spirituality down through the centuries is, is to uh, just inherit our religion. Um, so we're born into a family of Baptists and we become Baptists. So we're born into a family of Hindus and we become Hindu. We're born into a family of Buddhists and we become Buddhists. And that's just how it's gone. But uh, over the past 100 years, there have been more and more people who have tried to do some original thinking. And, of course, many of our leaders, uh, master teachers who started, who didn't really start the religions, but came up with some original thought and a religion was formed around it, uh, were also very original thinkers and had their own spirituality. Jesus Christ was one. The Buddha was another. Um, Muhammad was another. There's very um, Krishna, very um, broad base of um, spiritual masters around the world who are great teachers for all of us and and offer us their supreme wisdom. Um, does that mean we should formulate a religion around that? Well, I don't know. Uh, I think if it matches you, if it's, if it's something that really resonates inside each individual, then go for it. And if it doesn't, then don't. I think we, the, the issue that we're talking about today is, are we going to take internal direction or are we going to take external direction? Now, here's where we sort of meet that fine line. I'm not saying that you should just be a rebel and rebel against everything that's outside of you and only go with what's inside of you. What I am saying is that if, it res- if it's outside of you and your internals resonate with it, then it's yours. Go for it. If it doesn't resonate with you but you do it anyway, then you're betraying yourself. You're betraying yourself. And, and it is not possible for us to have an authentic spirituality while we are simultaneously betraying ourselves. Okay, so here's what I mean by self-betrayal. Anytime I ignore, dismiss, um, refute, or uh, reject or um, criticize uh, a feeling that I have, I'm betraying myself. Now, that's not to say I should go act on every one of my feelings. See, that's the way we think. If I'm going to have a feeling, I should act on it. That, that's, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I am saying those feelings come from somewhere, and we need to understand them. And they may be coming from an old identity. They, you know, I may have feelings of, you know, that you've hurt my feelings because I've got a victim identity and everybody hurts my feelings. Um, but if I get in touch with that feeling, it might lead me to understand that I have a victim identity and help me get clear on what that means and how I'm doing that and, and, and to work with uh, my authentic energy to change that. So, uh, so it, it isn't true that every feeling is right. It is not true that every feeling is right. What is true is that every feeling comes from somewhere and we need to know where. So I have people come see me, clients that come see me all the time, and I'll ask, well, you know, what does that feel like? And they go, I don't know. And my response is, is I usually say this laughing because it is a little bit funny, and they laugh with me. And that is, well, if you don't know what's going on inside of you, who does? Well, people say to me all the time, they say, uh, well, you know, I, I just closed down. I just didn't speak to them for a while, so they know I'm mad. You know, well, maybe they got some inkling of an idea that you're mad, but they might not know why, and they might keep stumbling into the same hole because you're not telling them why. So 
we have that same idea about ourselves. We think that if we act in certain ways, that must mean we feel certain things. And if we don't act in certain ways, then we, that must mean we don't feel certain things. And that's just not true. It's a mythology. What that says when we think, when I hear that said is, uh, is that it, I'm somebody who's out of touch with my feelings and I don't know the messages they're trying to give me. What is true about our feelings is every one of them has a message to give us. So, in, in a particular um, meditative state, a feeling might arrive on my sort of conscious awareness that I'm really sad. I might even begin to cry. And, and, and what that means is not that, uh-oh, I must be doing the meditation wrong, which a lot of people think, or, um, or, or that, oh my gosh, there's some negative energy going on inside of me that I have to release and get rid of because it will cause negative things to happen in my external life. That's not what it means. It means you've drawn yourself inward. Your sadness is drawing you inward to sit with it and listen to its message. What is it that's making you sad? What is that? What are you letting go of, perhaps? Maybe your sadness is telling you you're letting go of something or someone. Maybe your sadness is, is, is grieving over something you haven't finished grieving yet. Maybe your sadness is, is uh, over the fact that you've betrayed yourself uh, for a lot of years. There's, I don't know what your sadness is for, but I know it will lead you somewhere if you sit beside it and just listen to it. I'm not saying jump inside of it and let it take over your life. I'm saying sit beside it and listen to it. And that's exactly the same thing we can do with our spirituality. So spirituality is not just um, the ritual uh, of worship or the ritual of um, accessing the, the, the most highest principled uh, existence we can imagine. Spirituality is also noticing a blade of grass, uh, a bird's uh, on the wing, uh, the whisper of the wind beside your face. Spirituality is looking deeply into somebody else's eyes and seeing what they think and feel and hear and say, how they're living. Um, spirituality is empathy. Spirituality is compassion. Spirituality is the essence of life energy itself is what spirituality is all about. And so how do we get to say, well, here's how you should experience that. If, you're, if, you're, if you meditate and you don't experience bliss, well, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, no. No, that's not true. Um, if you walk through the forest and you're not moved to uh, become a better person, well, you've walked through the forest the wrong way. Um, if you can't be present in the now, then you must be wrong. There's something wrong with you. There's a great author out there that I've really enjoyed reading and uh, have interviewed on this show by the name of Robert Masters. You want to go back and listen to his interview. It's in the archives. Um, he talks about, uh, he's written uh, several books, but one of my favorites of his is Spiritual Bypassing. And, and he talks in there about how we um, bypass our true spirituality by trying to follow some code or some law about how it ought to be, how spirituality ought to look. Um, and, and, and we do that so much today in our, in, our, in our spirituality that isn't religion. The people that are spiritual but not religious are still forming codes and mores and laws and rules about how it ought to look, how it ought to be seen, how we ought to feel, how we ought to think, how we ought to grieve, how we ought to not grieve. All of those things are being decided for us by a spiritual movement. 
instead of us staying inside of ourselves and beginning to listen to our own wisdom. One of the things that happened for me, and, I, and I'll just share this personally, for me and my own spiritual growth was that it happened that I had to do a lot of that alone. I had to do a lot of my own spiritual uh, processing alone. And a lot of it came directly out of the fact that I was terrified. <laughs> I, went, I, I took a leap uh, at one point in my life from working full-time to, uh, for an organization, uh, which I was getting paid very well by, um, and I just left there and decided to start my private practice. And I did that totally on faith, believing that that was the right path for me, and it turned out to be the right path for me. Uh, but I'll have to say, there were some real scary moments at, the, at first. And I, um, and I, during that time, my meditation was strictly based on fear. I was scared to death, and meditation comforted me and consoled me, and I felt like I was getting some downloaded information about how, how it was going to be all right. I was in the womb of God, I was in the womb of the divine, and I was going to be all right. And that kept me going through that very dark time. Where I could, and when, what I mean by dark is I just couldn't see what was going to come next. And, um, and so, you know, if, 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 you hear, if you hear people say, well, you know, when you're meditating and you're, you're having those fearful thoughts, well, that means, uh-oh, you're going you're gonna to attract some really bad stuff. Then, you know, what I have to say to that is my spiritual growth would not have taken place if I wasn't afraid. It drove me to meditation. It drove me to listen to it and to sit beside it and to comfort it. And I, and I gained so much during that time. And what was interesting, most interesting of all, is that my beliefs changed just as a result of sitting inside myself and listening. It wasn't because I listened to a guru. It wasn't because I read a book. It wasn't because I went to church or went to temple or mosque or, you know, went through any kind of ritual. It was simply because I was listening inside myself. So I'm lucky in that regard that I was very afraid. Um, I, I, that fear helped me to become more authentic spiritually. Now, I'm not claiming that I'm the most authentic spiritual person on the planet, far from it. But I am saying that, that I, I have that example in my own life to go by. And so I can stand in that and really declare that, yes, indeed, it is possible to just listen. And that's all. Just listen inside yourself. Now, here's the other thing. The world is also going on outside of us all the time. And one of the things that Deepak Chopra talks about and Carl Jung talks about a lot is this feature called synchronicity, whereby things seem to magically occur that you just don't expect, but yet they match something else that's going on in your life. So you start thinking about buying a car and you see that kind of car everywhere. And that's a real surfacey kind of example, but it's true. It does happen that way. And it's kind of, you, you just keep being, you keep noticing it everywhere. Or let's take it a, a couple of levels deeper and say what, you know, I've had this, let's talk about fear. I've had this fear of X, Y, or Z. And some, one day I'm talking to someone in a store and somebody says something about being afraid and bridging that gap between the fear and, and feeling better. And I get it. For the, I'm standing there in the store listening to somebody, and they're giving me the answer to one of my deepest fears in life, just out of a conversation I overhear. And why is that? It's because I've been sitting with my fear for a while, and my fear sort of led me there and let me listen, and I heard it. 
and I heard the answer, and I got it. So that's a synchronistic moment. Um, uh, synchronicity can happen like uh, in a way that you are drawn to a certain book on a shelf. That happens to me quite frequently, and I just don't even know why I want to read that book, but I pick up that book, and I read it, and it has some answers in it that I've been looking for for a while. Or um, I might run into somebody that I've been thinking about, and it turns out that they've been thinking about me too, and our connection becomes richer because of that, and we give each other uh, um, sort of a spiritual bonding because of that. Uh, two people can be praying for the same thing and meet each other, and, and as, a, as a result of their prayers, fall in love and get married and live happily ever after. You know, it, All kinds of synchronistic things can happen in the external world that match the internal world. Okay, so I'm not saying that we just should, should shut out the external world and not listen to anything out there. Uh, what I am saying is we should listen to the external world from the internal world. We should not just let the external world direct us, tell us what to do, tell us how to worship, tell us how to be a, a, a good spiritual person or how to be a correct meditator or how to be a, a, a good Christian or how to be a good Muslim or how to be a good uh, Sufi. It, it, there, other people don't know their best path for you or for me. I don't know the best path for you. So I hope when you're listening, you'll take from me what is useful and throw the rest away. Because what's not useful to you, I don't want you to use it. Okay? So, so in the process of understanding this whole thing of, spirit, of authentic spirituality, there's a couple of things we need to know. Everything that we access externally or internally can also be a divine uh, intervention in our lives if we're coming at it from the internal world. In, in other words, I'm listening from my heart and my mind and my, uh, my deepest self rather than from, well, you said it, so I just ought to do it. You know, uh, we have all kinds of ideas about uh, forgiveness, for example. And by the way, I should tell you that we are going to be so honored to have a Yana Van Zant on our show uh, in two weeks, March the 12th, she'll be here. She's going to be talking to us more about this idea of forgiveness. But uh, for now, the whole thing about forgiveness, we've, got, we've been taught many times in many ways how we ought to forgive other people for harming us. But we haven't forgiven ourselves for anything. And, and so we spend all this time trying to um, sort of uh, absolve them of their sin against us uh, and make it okay. And we think that's the same as forgiveness because that's what we've been taught forgiveness means. But we haven't ever gone through any kind of internal process that gets us to forgiveness. So sometimes what we have to do is walk through some anger in order to get to the other side where forgiveness lives. But there's so many people in our spiritual movement that are saying, oh, no, 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 you cannot feel anger. Anger is a negative emotion. And if you feel anger, then, uh-oh, 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 you're going to attract some bad things or you're just going to be not in your highest self. So you don't feel that anger. Anger is a negative emotion. You shouldn't be feeling it. And there are billions of spiritual kinders, uh, uh, sort of gurus out there telling us, don't be angry. And yet... Sometimes our anger, like fear, can lead us to a place of deeper spirituality. So when we say, here's how it ought to be, we might be harming 
someone who needs their anger to lead them to the next place. And we need to be careful about that. So you who are listening who are teachers also, I want you to sort of think about that. Let that gel and see what resonates for you. And we're going to be back in just a few minutes with some more about authentic spirituality. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Explore subconscious programs, belief systems, and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life. Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Being Outside the Box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery? Waiting for your prince, princess to come? Even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply? And what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for tools to being outside the box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door, with host Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy, is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about finding your authentic spirituality. And what we've said thus far is that authentic spirituality doesn't come to us from just listening to the external world. It can come to us from the external world if we're listening to the external world from within. In other words, we're listening to the external world from within the exter- internal world. But, it, but mostly, it, it, spirituality means that authentic spirituality means that we are 
are, are following what is truest inside of ourselves and the evidence we can have for what's true inside of ourselves is that it gives us peace. So let's talk a little bit more about the how-to here. So what I'm not going to tell you is how you will find the right way to be a spiritual person. Um, I don't think there is one right way to be a spiritual person. There are many ways uh, to be a spiritual person and to access spirituality, to access the divine, to access the principles that are true and ethical for you, to access um, a a path that that feels like you are being most true to your body, your mind, your spirit, your, your heart, your congruence. In other words, everything is lined up in the same way um, so that your, your words match your, your actions, your actions match your feelings, your feelings match your thoughts, and your thoughts match your spirituality. So when we're talking about authentic spirituality, there is no one path, so let's be very clear about that. But I can say that there are several ways that you can get in touch with a more authentic spirituality. And one of those is to begin by comparing your view of the divine to your view of your parents. Because oftentimes we, we view our, the divine is in exactly the same way that we viewed our parents. We project onto the divine all of those things that we did or did not like about our parents. And we say that the divine is just that way. So if my mother or father was cold and indifferent, then, then, then the divine is cold and indifferent. If my parents were abusive, then the divine is abusive. If my parents were tricky and played ugly, uh, harmful jokes on me, then that's what the divine is doing. There's a big cosmic joke that I'm getting played on me all the time. Um, so our view of the divine is not necessarily the truest divine. I think it's very interesting that um, when you look at the Old Testament, the Tanakh of the Jewish Bible and the um, Old Testament of the Christian Bible, you find lots of ways that people describe God. But uh, the, And I'm using the word God in this because that's the word that, that is used in that text. Um, but, the, but God defines himself... Very differently, as I am that I am, or ipsaity, um, uh, I am that I am that I always will be I am. And uh, uh, so it's, the divine says, I am the creator of both peace and evil. Uh, but that's not what, uh, uh, beingness, you know, beingness is the creator of what we see as peace and evil, good or evil, but Humanity said God is all good. That's what God is. God is holy, and then there's this other supernatural force that's evil. And um, that's how we've split it off. But the divine didn't, didn't give itself that name. That did not, that's not how God defined himself in the Old Testament of the Christian Bible or the Jewish Tanakh. He defined himself as beingness. So... Uh, when we think in those terms of how we see God, it may not always be how the divine sees himself or itself. Um, so when we talk about who, who the divine is to us, we're talking about an authentic relationship. What does that look like to you? Is it interfered with by how you saw your parents Or can you get some kind of clarity about who the divine actually is by going deeper into yourself beyond that view of your parents and accessing a deeper realm inside yourself? 
whereby you can sit with the divine and the divine can sit with you. And maybe even for some people uh, who believe this, the divine can be you and you can be the divine. So, you know, it's, it's, the truth is that how we see the divine is, can be very blurry or it can be very clear. Where we get the blurry is by accepting an inheritance about what the divine is. Um, either by viewing the divine in the same way we view our parents or by it, viewing the divine in the same way our religion viewed it or uh, by viewing the, vi- the divine in some kind of cosmic way that we think the whole earth sees it. We, we can view the divine in ways that are not uh, true. But we can also view the divine in a way that is more clear. And we will do that by going inside of ourselves, by by accessing a deeper level. So... Uh, again, I'm not saying that we should uh, have a certain way of doing that. I don't know what the best way is for you to go inside yourself. Um, there's all kinds of methods. People can write poetry uh, to an image of the divine that they've devised. Um, they can have dialogues between um, the the part of me that feels peaceful and the part of me that feels chaotic. Um, that's a way of sort of bridging that gap and getting deeper into yourself. Um, you can um, write letters to yourself. You can begin to unfold all the blocks uh, inside of you to actually experiencing your divine self. In other words, getting closer to yourself by recognizing all the ways that you are not true to yourself. So there's a lot of ways of getting deeper into yourself. But this one thing I can say, there is no way to have a, an, an authentic spirituality unless you can access a deeper, authentic self. How can you have a relationship to the divine if you don't even know who you are? Now, that's a question we need to be asking ourselves. But that's not typically the question that gets asked first when it, when it comes to spirituality. We don't ask, who am I? And then, who is the divine? We ask, oh, well, what am I supposed to believe? Well, tell me that and I'll do that. (laughs) Because it's just so much easier that way. Here's what you're supposed to do. Go do that. And that's how we've lived for centuries. But now there's a movement afoot to have us go deeper, to have us look deeper. And many people are talking about an authentic self. Many people are beginning to to recognize that they need something more than just a relationship. Religion. Many people, and I'm not saying that religion is wrong, I'm saying that just religion without a spiritual attachment to it is just religion. (laughs) And uh, so many people are are beginning to shift that away from the old-time religion, so to speak, the old way of viewing it where where we get our view from an external sort of overculture or the 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 spiritual leaders of our church, whether it's a pope or a um, rabbi or a pastor or whatever it is, we we tend to think they know the truth because that's archetypal now in our memory that they had the truth and we didn't. Um, but it's inside of you. It's inside of you. And so meditation is another pathway that people use. If you can relax into your meditation and and allow it to speak to you rather than trying to control what happens during your meditation, you might find that you're in the realm where you get answers. Um, If you can uh, take a swim. Sometimes people just go for a swim. 
and getting into their body helps them to sort of relax into uh, a deeper part of themselves and they they can they begin to hear themselves and understand themselves better take a walk take a swim take a dive take a you know do something with your body a lot of people get into dance body work that just you're not dancing in any kind of patterned dance you're just letting your body do what it does and your body is speaking by expressing what it feels through movement and that is a very special way of getting in touch with the divine so that your body is what gets in touch with the divine and not only gets in touch but expresses the divine so uh, there are lots and lots of ways which one of those ways resonates for you which one of those sort of excites your interest or makes you feel like oh yeah I want to do that and there's probably ways that I haven't mentioned um, as a matter of fact I'm sure there's ways that I haven't mentioned but which one of those ways resonates with you? And if you can try that out, then you begin to to begin to feel the difference inside of you. And the more we touch the hem of the garment of the authentic self, the more we are able to access the divine. Uh, one of the scriptures in the uh, New Testament tells us that the kingdom of heaven is within us. I just got through writing a book about that. It's called Inhabiting Heaven Now. We can inhabit heaven now. We can live from heaven that is within us all the time. Um, that doesn't mean very typically what we think it means because we have these images of what heaven is and what it isn't. And so we say to ourselves, well, this is what's heaven. And if I'm living in heaven all the time, then I must be feeling like this all the time. But actually, when you study that book, what you realize is that heaven is a process that is always unfolding. It is an incessant process, and I love that description of it because it just says it's not going to stop. It is never going to stop. It is going to keep on processing, and we are already a part of that. We just don't often know it, and if we can begin to just let ourselves settle into the idea that there is already a spiritual essence inside of us, and that by looking outside of us for the answers, we're missing the answers that are inside of us. If we come at the outside, outside from the inside so that I'm listening inside of me when you're talking, then I might hear something very valuable you have to say that I can take home with me. But if I'm not listening to you from my insides, but rather from this big should that hangs over most of our heads because we have this should that says don't be different. Don't, whatever you do, don't be different. And so many of us choose our spirituality in the same way that we choose our clothes. I don't want to be different today, so I'm not going to wear that thing that makes me feel really different. I don't want to be different today, so I'm not going to have any beliefs that sound really different. And so many of us in the new human potential movement don't talk about what we think and feel because we're afraid people are going to criticize us and think we're crazy. Uh, and and uh, sometimes they do. <laughs> but the truth is that if we are going, to, and I'm not saying you should go talk to them either, but if we're going to experience a true spirituality, then we have to go to the truth. And the truth is within us. If heaven is within us, then so is the truth. And I don't know what that is for you. Every, every I can't say the truth is different for every person, but I can say person people's access to the truth is very different 
can be very different. It can come in a multitude of multiple ways in which we um, understand, access, feel, grow into a truer self, a more aware self, a more awake self, a more a person who's more alive to life. And that is the deepest form of spirituality there is, to be fully alive to life in all of its multicolors. Um, there are many colors in life. Some of them are darker. Some of them are lighter. Some of them are brighter. Some of them are, are, are more uh, solidified almost. So we, we, we need to be able to experience all of life. And living into our deepest spirituality in peace allows us to do that. So, again, I want to remind you that uh, we're going to be talking to Ayanla Van Zant uh, in two weeks on March the 12th. I want you to be here for that. I'm looking forward to talking to her very much. And uh, she's going to be talking to her to us about her latest book on forgiveness. If you've been listening to the show at all, you know that sometimes I call the forgiveness the F word because there's so much misunderstanding about what it means. And uh, I really have been reading her book and I really enjoy what she has to say because she's not talking about how we should forgive other people so much as she's talking about how we can access a deeper level of ourselves that does forgive us for all the ways in which we betray ourselves and life itself. So um, I really want you to be here for that. Uh, and, of course, it will be archived, but if you can be here for it live and maybe even call in if you want, you're welcome to do that. So you want to be here for that. Next week we're going to be talking again to Andrew Solomon. You'll hear that show again, and uh, uh, I'm, I want you to listen to that too. He's such a wise person, so full of wisdom and um, erudite understanding of how we uh, understand and have culturalized this concept of difference. So be here for that as well. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.